Welcome to the LK Sport Podcast. On today's episode, I'll be talking about coaching, a little Clemson football, WNBA, and more. Today's special guest has been coaching for 40 plus years from Winder High School to Hebron Christian Academy. He has some players that made it to the professional level, and he loves Clemson football and embraced baseball. I'd like to welcome y'all to Ron, a.k.a. Coach. What's going on, Chief? Oh, pretty good. Glad to, uh, glad to be here and talk some sports. Talk some sports, baby. I love it, too. So Let's start with this 40-year coaching career. Uh, what made you start coaching? Want to coach? Well, um, started out at Clemson University with uh, – Majoring in engineering, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, uh, I love math, was very successful, and decided about after three semesters that uh, I remember calling my mother and say, change my major today from electrical engineering to mathematical science, and instead of being an engineer, I'm going to be a poor teacher and a coach. <laughs> and she told me whatever – Whatever made me happy. So that's a decision that I made and uh, never regretted my decision. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So uh, you got your uh, coaching degree from Clemson. What was your first job? My first job, I was uh, an assistant coach at uh, Hart County High School. Uh, I coached uh, football and I assisted with boys' basketball. Uh, I was there for uh, three years. Actually met my wife there, and uh, got got the fir- my first head job uh, at Winderbury High School, and we moved. And as far as my family is concerned, we never left Winder. We've been there since 1983, and uh, you know my coaching career kind of moved around Northeast Georgia. So uh, the majority of it was at Winderbury High School. Winderbury High School, no. So your main your main um thing was coaching basketball correct that is correct that is correct i was a head coach uh for 32 years of my 40 and um retired for two years and last year my daughter who's the head girls coach at winder needed me to help her and uh so i coached girls basketball for the first time last year and really enjoyed it wonderful wonderful um, I know we was talking outside of here. You were saying you had some special players you went against and some special players that you coached. Uh, what's a few of them that we okay. might know? Uh, people will definitely recognize uh, the first two that I'll talk about. They they both played at Monroe. Uh, Stefan Tuitt was, was an All-American at Notre Dame, uh, drafted by the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers and still is an all-pro player. Uh, did not play a lot this past year due to injury, but uh, so uh, I coached him. Uh, also, Michael Gallops, who just signed a huge contract extension with the Dallas Cowboys, was also uh, at Monroe. And then when I came back to Winder, Chandon Sullivan uh, played for me, and he was a uh, All American at Georgia State. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a Free agent with the Minnesota Vikings, ended up signing with the Green Bay Packers, and then was re-signed with the Minnesota Vikings. So, um, uh, matter of fact, I was talking with a a 
former coaching friend of mine who who was the football coach at Monroe, and we were talking about uh, really don't know if Dallas plays Minnesota this this year, but you know, Chandon is a defensive back, and mm-hmm. Michael Gallops is a wide receiver, so that would that would be kind of neat for 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 me to watch. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Um, you were telling some Lou Williams stories one time. Say how that man dropped some uh, points on y'all one time. Uh, yeah, we uh, we held Lou to fifty one night, so uh, <laughs> felt like the defensive plan kind of worked. Uh, got beaten overtime, but they also had Mike Mercer and and several other players around Lou. But uh, uh, don't know Lou. Um, just uh, coaching against him and watching him, but. I've kind of been impressed, especially later on in his career, uh, what he's given back to his community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it's nice to see young men reach their goals and their dreams, uh, but not a lot of them remember where they come from. Oh, and, uh, you know, uh, I think Lou's done a really good job with that. And, um, uh, you know, I've been told he's not going to be back with the Hawks, but I don't know exactly if that's true, true or not. Yeah, I think he's over it. Last year, I think he got a little pressure to play. Uh, I knew he was thinking about retiring before last year, and then he came back for one more year. I think he want to move on, do other things now. He don't have a great career, so I think he he ready to move on, like you said. And he got he still got family and fans here, and he I think he's going to come back and help and do his own thing now. I think basketball – I mean, I think he's still going to deal with basketball, but – Soon up eighty two games. I think yeah, I think he done with that part of it. Yeah, and uh, but he did have a great career. For sure. For people that want to get into coaching, what are some things you need to I know one thing you said you gotta have a lot of patience, but what else if they want to have a great long uh coaching career here? Well, uh, you know, there's an old saying that I've used for years and it it can apply to anything, coaching, teaching, any kind of management is you know people don't care what you know until they know that you care right and uh that's kind of how uh i i you know i built my coaching career um still have some great friendships um had a young man several years ago that uh, asked me to be his best man in his wedding mm-hmm. uh but uh i was very fortunate and had a lot of really good kids to come up and even though some of them are now in their 50s they're still my kids right. and um so I, I see a lot of them around winder and, and and still have some contacts with players that i coached at jackson county uh players that i coached at monroe also so uh it's it's, it's kind of it's kind of been a rewarding experience as I've, I've moved, you know, moved out of it and been retired now for, you know, basically been retired for 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 three four years. But uh, yeah, uh, I remember you telling me you having your you say you're having your daughter now with girls basketball. What's the difference you initially seen between boys basketball and coaching? Well, it, it's it's uh, it <laughs> it's kind of comical thinking back on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my when my daughter asked me to help her, and you know, I told my wife, I said, 
The only reason that I'm going to be coaching next year is my daughter asked me. If anybody else would have asked me, I would have said no thank you. Right. But um, I didn't know I, – I didn't know how my personality and all would go along with girls. That was a concern. But um, when I got into it, I just really enjoyed last year. And so – when I coached back in the 80s, in the 90s, uh, and you can remember back to some of those, uh, high school basketball was not played like the NBA. Right. They were, you know, Post. They, were, they, they were set plays and, yeah. and, and strategy, and, and, uh, and, and the boys' game has definitely changed right. uh, over the years. But, uh, you know, so we got in, I got into coaching girls, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, I got to kind of go back to my days in the eighties and right, right, and run different sets, and that was kind of neat. So basically, the girls' game is is kind of like the boys played back in the eighties and the nineties. Yeah, and um, so that 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 was uh, something I really enjoyed. And winning twenty one games uh, kind of made it even better. It sounds sounds awesome. I mean, I uh, respect what you're saying about running sets because. That was part of my high school. We ran set motions, uh, a lot of different zone boxing, one, one, three zones, traps, and they don't do that type of stuff in the NBA anymore. It's more of a shooter's league now. Steph changed the game, and amongst you got the big man shooting the tray now. We ran a lot of post plays, ran our offense through the post, and, and women's basketball. That's why I enjoy watching the, some WNBA games because you can see it. They run a lot of set plays, pick and roll. They, um, Back cut, Princeton cuts, and that's what I enjoy about the game. They uh, cause they play under the rim, so they got to do sets and shoot the ball very well. And and even now, you got some women uh in the WNBA that can shoot that ball from deep behind the arc. You know, so I enjoy the WNBA game. And I know you said your daughter coached one. They went to Connecticut and got drafted last year. What was her name again? Olivia Nelson Adota. She was rated one of the top three players in the country. Um. Some people may remember this because it was a first. Uh, at the McDonald's All-Star Game, you know, they always have the slam dunk contest. Mm-hmm. And Olivia was the first female to ever enter the slam dunk contest. And that yes. was the same year that Zion was there. I remember. And, uh, you know, she got a, she got all tens on her first two dunks. So uh, <laughs> she was actually one point ahead of Zion with, uh, you know, uh, what, Maybe one more, two more to go, but uh, she ended up finishing third. Uh, you know, and it was kind of neat to see her out there. My my daughter and I was sitting on the front row right there, and and got to see all the you know the, the great players that you know we have in the NBA now. So, uh, but yeah, she's she's with the LA Sparks, and started off the season injured. Uh, now she's getting twelve to fifteen minutes a game, and. Uh, you know, she's had several double doubles, and you know, uh, she's an amazing young lady, and uh, looking forward to seeing her play. Right. Uh, you know, she was hurt when they played the dream, so you couldn't make that one. I get it. You know, um, what else? I was uh, the WNBA. I was just speaking about. Um, do you know a lot about it, or do you watch it? Uh, I've watched it more this year than uh, 
than I ever have, um, simply because, you know, Olivia's not on around here, but um, mm-hmm. it kind of interests me, and yeah, uh, especially, you know, coaching girls. Um, just uh, I, I kind of watch the things, and, uh, you know, my daughter um, – she really uh, depends on me to um, to give her some ideas. Right. Um, the, to be the best assistant coach that you can possibly be, and, and this is what I expected out of all of mine. And, you know, you, you're talking about a coaching tree. I, I've got 19 former coaches that became head coaches. And um, – and and I always, you know, told them I didn't want them to be a yes man. That, um, you know, I wanted I wanted them to, uh, you know, to kind of say we need to do this, we need to do that, and uh, that's kind of what I brought to my daughter. And uh, she does an outstanding job with man to man defense. And uh, you spoke of it earlier about a boxing one and. Mm-hmm. You know, triangling two and matchup zone. Uh, she's already told me um, we lost our best two players. They both transferred to Hebron Christian, which kind of really upset us. But uh, you got to move on with what you got. So, uh, you know, she told me the other day, she said, Dad, uh, I really hate to say this, but you're going to have to put in a matchup zone for me. Uh, we're not going to be able to play a lot of man-to-man this year. So, uh, you know, that's kind of neat that right. uh, we have that kind of relationship. So I'm kind of looking forward to to basketball season. That's wonderful, man, um, to that to have that type of uh, relationship and you passing along your knowledge to your daughter and she want to follow in your footsteps is a beautiful thing. And I think it's us – I know you're older, older than me, but the passing knowledge on to our kids and letting them know to do things the right way and for them to even ask us to, Dad, how you do this, Dad, is this the right way to do things? It's a special, special feeling. It makes me feel great when my kid asks me to do certain things and I show them the right way because at the end of the day, that's our job, to show them the right way to go and how to do things correctly and just do things right the first time and try, try again. If that don't work, try a different way of doing things and until you get it correct, and that's one thing I cherish every day is my relationship with my kids. And them boys I got, they they some rascals, but at the same time, they me when I was that age. So I just try to tell them the right way to do it and, and, you know, discipline them as well. And You know, it's all it's all love, and that's what it's all about, you know. So Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, my youngest daughter, she coaches at Habersham Central. Um, she played college uh, softball. So, uh, she was also coaching softball until she had her first child, grand, our grandchild. Mm -hmm. And so now she only coaches tennis, but, uh, you know, they won the region first time ever, uh, qualified for the state in the history of, of the school. And, um, you know, rural County like, uh, Habersham don't have a lot of country club type people Mm -hmm. and, and the coaching, uh, ranks we refer to, to golf and mm-hmm. and tennis and right, right, soccer right. is country club type sports and but uh proud of her too and um uh both uh both of my daughters have been teacher of the year that's awesome uh, and um 
my oldest daughter actually was in the top five for the teacher of the year in Georgia two years ago. That's wonderful. So, uh, you know, we're uh, my wife is a retired teacher as well. So, uh, you know, we've got four, four <laughs> educators in our family, and yeah. um, it's uh, it's been a rewarding uh, experience. You don't make a lot of money when you're an educator, but uh, there's a lot more things in life more important, especially to me, than money. And uh, so I, I I never regretted my decision to be a, a teacher and a coach. Uh, I want to congratulate you from all four of y'all for being educators because uh, it's very important to our kids, and I know a lot of other people feel the same way. A lot of people can't handle that situation of being an educator because I know you deal with a lot of different personalities and you go through a lot you have to be patient and you know I got a couple of family members that's uh, educators and they tell me about the things that they you know they go through sometimes it can be stressful and and I want to say I thank you give you a claps up claps up for every one of y'all and I really appreciate it and uh keep it going uh to your daughters you know yeah man I, I just know, like I said, I know some people, like you said, don't get paid well, but they love it. They get up, decorate them classrooms. They make them, um, they call them what, what not game plans, what they call um Lesson plans. Yeah, lesson plans. And, <laughs> and they take their time, they do it because they're they passionate about what they do. It's more about the passion and the integrity of the work that they do and what it's going to do uh, going forward. So, and I know, you know, it means a lot to them. Well, it's it's uh, it is a tough uh, situation sometimes, um, and as teachers, we really appreciate parents' support. Right, and uh, I think that's something that might have slipped over the years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, back when I was in high school, if I'd get in trouble, I would tell the assistant principal who was also my basketball coach, mm-hmm. I would I would tell him, please don't call my daddy. <laughs> and because um, I, I knew whatever I got at school was going to be twice as bad when I got home. And I kind of think we've lost that as, as far as. I can understand uh, that. You know, as, but, uh, and the teacher's not always right, but um, obviously the coach is not always right, but. Parents that will uh, be supportive and, and, you know, basically say you need to do what right. coach tells you to do. Right. Uh, you know, you you appreciate those type of parents. That's right. That's We need more supportive parents, man. I understand that. I talked about it on the previous part that, you know, that a lot of parents get upset when their kids don't play a certain amount of minutes or – play this or play that or do these things or they feel like, uh, you know, like you say, sometimes the teacher was wrong and they come up there and, you know, poke their chest out and sometimes be disrespectful. But uh, isn't this time and place for everything? When you're in front of your child and you might confront someone, you need to talk to them in private or if you do confront them in front of your kids, have a uh, solid tone. Don't be disrespectful. They'll see that and be like, oh, well, I can do that. So, I mean, I've seen both situations when I uh, came up in sports, and some parents feel like they child should have played. They'll try to show out in front of everybody and holler and things like that. And I just think that's not what it. It's just making it worse. If you ask me, you like, oh, I I definitely don't want to put your child in now because if I 
if I put him in, get him out, it's gonna be some more shit. So yeah. it it just like it it's a tough situation, and you know dealing with coaching because that's one of my dreams. When I first went to school, I wanted to be a coach, and I went into sports management and being an agent and all those things, which is still kind of a passion of mine because I still try to coach my kids today. So um, I just know how it is, man, and being in it and looking from the outside. It just, you know, the word is patient for me. You got to be very patient. You just got to do what's right. So you got to put the best product out there on the court or field or whatever or sport that you're doing. And, and I think the parents just need to understand, like, hey, maybe my baby ain't ain't up to par. Maybe we need to work on that. Maybe talk to your coach. Cause any coach I've ever been around and things I need to work on, they'll tell you, hey, Larry, you need to work on your shuffle. You need to work on your uh your uh feet. You, you need mm-hmm. to work on your hands or whatever the case may be. And that's as a parent, I think we need to learn to understand, hey, what can little Johnny learn to do to get on the court or field? What do you need to work on this summer? What can we – because I want my baby out there. So I think we need to understand it and put it out there so parents can hear that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And as as a coach, uh, I appreciate those parents that would come in and do it in a professional manner and, you know, have their say and – Mm-hmm. And um, you know, as as a coach, uh, you have to you have to have thick skin and listen. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but you, you use the word being honest, and um, I think that's that's what you need to do as a coach. Um, the kid would not be on the team if you didn't think that they could possibly help the program. Right. So you know. Um, if you sit down and you talk to parents, uh, you know, it could be he's playing a position that our best player plays, and there's mm-hmm. not a lot of minutes. Because as a coach, you want your best players on the floor as much as possible. So, uh, you know, I mean, you just look at it on a professional level. I don't know who's the backup to, to Steph, but mm-hmm. I'll guarantee you his minutes is limited. Correct, <laughs> correct, correct, correct. So, uh even on the professional level. So uh, I believe those uh, 9, 10, 11, 12 guys in the playoffs don't get a lot of minutes, if, if, if any. So uh, Correct. that's just uh, that's just part of coaching and, and uh, doing what's best for the team. Yeah. I don't, like I said, I understand. And we're going to um, – speaking of NBA, WNBA, and things in that nature – you said earlier the game different. Do you still enjoy this NBA game that we watch today? Well, I enjoy the playoffs because gotcha. I really think I really think that the playoffs they take playing defense seriously, right? And and uh, you know it's 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 not showtime, even though. You know, they do some amazing things. I mean, um, when it's, you know, I, I, I'm i I'm a Celtic fan, so I was disappointed in the <laughs> in the way the, the uh, series turned out right there. Look but, at it. Uh, you was the Eastern Conference Finals champion. Look at it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, it, I tell you what, it, it, it was amazing to see the Warriors do what they did. I mean, Steph Curry – in my mind, is the uh, 
the best shooter that's ever played the game. Yeah, no doubt. It's just a, without a, a question from a shooting standpoint. Without a question. And uh, but uh, a lot of the young people, you know, <laughs> they uh, they really don't they don't really know how good Magic Johnson was and how good Larry Bird was. I watched some videos. You know, I tell you the, uh, um, you know, during that period of time. Those guys could flat out play, mm-hmm. and um, but uh, you know you start talking about the best ten players that's ever played the game. Uh, according to who you're talking to, mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of them, a lot of them don't really, you know. I mean, and it's understandable, but they don't go back to you know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and you know Bill, you know Will. Bill Russell and, and you know, I mean, there, there's just all kind of players that, uh, you know, the the young generation, Cousy. you know. Yeah. So let me, let me interrupt a little bit. Yeah. So I was watching something a few months back, and um, it was an argument that the talent difference from now and back then said oh, J.J. Reddick uh, made a joke about they was playing against plumbers and, and teachers and you like just street guys. Do you feel the same way? Like some of that talent that was back there in the sixties and seventies that was in the NBA doesn't compare to the talent that was here in today's game. Well, I think the game is is um, has gotten obviously much more athletic. Right. Um, you know, um, and and I, I think I think there's a difference in the in the eras from um, the eighties and the nineties. Mm-hmm. And and then you got the Bulls that stepped in and Michael Jordan, who, um, you know, about the only thing that I, I could say about the NBA that I don't think anybody would probably even attempt to argue is Michael Jordan, in my opinion, is the GOAT of basketball. I agree. You know, and, uh, I, you know, now there's been some great players. Kobe, LeBron. you know, LeBron, I you know, LeBron, <laughs> uh, you know, um, but uh, there's just, uh, you know, Michael Jordan was, <laughs> he was just amazing. I mean, uh, you know, I just. Uh, what you was doing around that time, through all that Michael, Michael Jordan time? Uh, you know, I mean, I, uh, I was trying to keep uh, – my my basketball players from watching NBA, <laughs> but uh, even when I went to Jackson County, we didn't have a lot of athletes down there. But uh, uh, kind of a funny story. I'm sitting in my office one day, and I hear all this commotion going on in the gym, mm-hmm. and uh, those little bitty trampolines that they have that the cheerleaders use. Yeah, I know you're talking about the, the guys had 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 got this trampoline <laughs> and put it, you know, right below the free throw line. And they were they were running down the court, jumping on the trampoline, dunking. <laughs> and uh, you know, obviously, I got upset because didn't want anybody to get hurt. But uh, you know, but they were trying to emulate all the dunks. Yeah, and we talking about guys that uh, some of them couldn't even grab the net. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, that was a big influence. So, uh, but. Uh, Jordan was, uh, 
you know, Jordan was a great player. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the old saying that, that some people probably heard is, is uh, the only person that could hold Michael Jordan under 20 points a game was Dean Smith. <laughs> I think Jordan averaged about 17 points a game. Uh, you know, because Coach Smith was, you know, a great coach, but I mean, uh, he had to share the basketball. So I think going through that really helped him, uh, you know, be a, the complete player that he ended up being. And a lot of people don't even know this, but he got cut in middle high school. school. Oh, middle school. I middle thought school. it was high school. Middle, middle school. school. Gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, it's yeah, I know. I heard uh, Parsons about that statement there. So um, we're gonna take a quick little break, and then we're gonna get into some Braves, and then we're gonna get into a little Clemson football, and uh, we'll be right back with you. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep. So we took turns of staring Out the window at the darkness To boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces And knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of aces For a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice So I handed him my bottle And he drank down my last swallow Then he bombed a cigarette And asked me for a light And the night got deathly quiet Oh, Kenny Rods there. What do you know about old Kenny there, Coach? Yeah. Got to know one to hold him and no one to fold him, right? <laughs> That's right, he said. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Let's get into these old braids, man. We let one go the other night. Yeah, I tell you, uh, I understand this, but my my father coached. Uh, he coached uh, baseball at thirteen, fourteen year olds in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. It was called Palmetto League, um, but um, he coached thirteen, fourteen year olds. He would sit there and watch the Braves over the years, just like the other night. And this is how the game has changed. The Braves had runners on first and second, nobody out. And um, they had the first baseman, our new first baseman, Olsen, was at mm-hmm. bat. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, my father sitting, you know, if my father was sitting here watching the game, but, you know, he would be raising Kane about he didn't lay down a buck. That's right. I missed that part of the game. You, like know, you know, and uh, but, uh, you know, they don't pay them – kind of money they pay them for button but button is a lost art uh also uh i heard from uh on on facebook i heard from the old gainesville coach mm-hmm. wayne vickery they won they won you know they won two or three state championships when he coached at gainesville back mm-hmm. in the 80s and 90s but uh you know uh in the ninth inning you know, he, he he posted, why do you let the runner go to second base? Mm-hmm. You know, we were up two to nothing, and they got runners on first and third. 
Yeah. And they just let him go to second. Now you got Trey. you got your tying run on second. So I just uh, you know I mean I just don't kind of yeah. <clears throat> agree but, with some of the strategy now, but uh, that's the way it is. Yeah, uh, with that, what you talking about? I don't understand that. Well, I kind of understand, and I don't. One thing about our closer, Kenley uh, Jansen, is he has a very slow um, motion going towards the plate. So it's in the um, What's the word I'm looking for? I'm going to blank in the um, the notes. I don't, I'm trying to think of the other word, but in the uh, scouting report, scouting report, yes, in the scouting report, run on Jansen because he doesn't he doesn't throw over the first. He doesn't really check any runners back. That's just not his game. He he pitch. Yeah. He focuses on the batter. So like when Lux got on and they got the single for him to to go to third, he was running. So that's why he made it. So he it was a routine single, but he was already running because, like I said, the scouting report like run on Jansen, run on Jansen. So he already had a head start. So now he's at third, and uh, Trey got on, uh, Trey Turner, and then like I said, he just took second. And I was just like, I mean, once I think about it, after you said, depends on the runner. We had no chance of throwing Trey out at second with uh, Jan's uh, motion to the plate and his movement, how slow and deliberate that he is. And it was just rough to see. I mean, he, he got the first two batters out, and it was with two outs. And it was like, oh, uh, we can't let this one go, let this one go. Then you let old Freddie get back up. They not, Was it Freddie tied it up? Or who I forgot who got the base hit to tie it up. They ended up tying up the game. We ended up getting out. So we went to the next inning. Um, they went back up by one point. Uh, Denode, uh punched another one in. Oh, he was on. He got punched in. And we tied it back up. I was like, okay, cool. My whole mindset was who we're going to put out there to pitch again because I know you the Dodgers are dangerous uh, with this old put somebody on second base rule, which I hope they get rid of. I hate it. Um, and then, you know, they went up by two. And then it was as like, ah, oh, poo. And then they put out they flame through a uh, Gratnerol. I don't know if I said his name right. Mm-hmm. He threw it 101, 102 every time. It's just hard to right. beat a person like that. And we just let that one go. We oh, put- yeah. that You know, uh, I mean, obviously the Braves have had some big wins, uh, you know, some walk-offs here lately. and you, you But you tend to remember those games, that game uh, – Obviously had had a chance to pick up another game on the Mets. Yeah, and um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, you know I think the Braves have got a great team, um, but right now we're playing without uh, our second baseman, um, you know, and then uh, uh, Ronald got hurt. Ronald got hurt again, so uh, you know, basically two two of our what. You'd say top five players are out. Yeah, for sure. So uh, hopefully we can weather the storm and um, till we get it, you know, get full speed and um, it's six. You know, I love the Braves and um, just uh, I enjoy watching baseball. I yeah, want, you me know, too. a lot of people. Yeah, you know, college football is my number one sport to watch, and then baseball. And, and you know that's coming from a guy that coached basketball for forty something years. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm still excited about the Braves, and I think we've got yeah, the team too. that could. Uh, I think we got the team that could make it happen. Yeah, and we hopefully Soroka come back healthy. We can put him in that bullpen, and like I said, Albies come back and Acuna rest his foot. I hope it's not. It says not major, so we just waiting on him. We just need. Uh, and Rosario started his rehab assignment down here and going at the Stripers uh, yesterday. Matter of fact, um, I didn't look it up, see how good, he, well he did or what, any, anything like that. I need to look that up. But we get him back in the line of the face righties, and then we can put Duvall out there to face lefties because he's really struggling, struggling against the righties. He's batting under two hundred right now, and and um, the kid Michael Harris is special, man. I think that guy's gonna be around a long time. I hope we don't do him like we did Jason Hayward, get him get him almost to his prime. And, you know, I respect people want a certain amount of money for their talent, and I just hope we be able to keep him for some years out there with Acuna and whoever else we put out there in left field. And I think we're solid for a long time, long time coming. And, I mean, if you're not a Braves fan, you need to get on the boat because I think we're going to be good for a long time. We got Free, Soroka, got the young kid, Kyle Wright, Ian Anderson. Um I can keep going and going, but we got a bunch of talent. We have a bunch of talent in our in our ball club, and and we're gonna win some games. And I and and don't be surprised we win another one soon, if not this year. And yeah, I, no, no doubt about it. And uh, uh, you know, just like you say, injuries are part of the game, but uh, you know, you have have those years where it just seems like you you know you got the inj- injury bug hitting you, mm-hmm. and that's what's happened to the Braves here. Lately, but uh, um, you know, Michael Harris is uh, obviously come up, still hitting over three hundred. The jump from Double A mm-hmm. uh, actually took the place of my winder guy, uh, Travis Demerit. You know, when Travis first came up, he he played he, well. He played well. Hit two or three home runs. Had an inside the park home run, and then boom, you know. I think he went, what, 0 for 31, mm-hmm. and they sent him back down. He's doing well at Gwinnett, and I just hope, uh, you know, he's uh, – I think he's just somebody that needs another opportunity and uh, mm-hmm. don't know if he'll get it with the Braves. But, uh, you know, they've got uh, got a lot of talent, and I really believe even though the, the Mets are playing well and – We're getting you know, that spot, man. I just you know, feel it. We're gonna end up. We got seventeen games to play them. I just think we're gonna get that spot. I just, I'm sorry. I just, I think we're better, better complete as in chemistry wise baseball team from bullpen to starting pitcher to to batters. I think we're a better baseball team than the Mets. I just honestly do. And then we never, we don't know how Degrom gonna come back and Max Scherzer. I get the top, top five, top ten. Um, Pitches uh, to do it and whatever, and we've hit Swerger in the in the days. The only problem we have had problem with is the ground. And if he come back to being anything as the Cy Young pitcher is, I think that's the only person that can give us a problem. If we say we match up with them in a wild card series or something down the line, that can really give us problems. But anybody else, I just I think we can beat them. I I think we show we can beat the Dodgers. I mean, we stuck right there with them. Um, I don't see nobody in the NL stopping us, really, that gives me my heart pump like, oh, yeah, I'm scared of them to make it back to the World Series. I just don't see it. Yeah. Uh, obviously. San Diego, I don't see it. 
I don't think Musgrove can keep that up, what he's doing right now. Uh, Tatis re-injured his hand. Maybe he gets back healthy, but I just don't see a team in the in the NL that just scares me to death. I really don't. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Braves have the uh, you know the whole package when it comes to mm-hmm. what you need. Um, you know, you start thinking about it, and you know, what do they need? They, you know, yeah. they just need to get healthy. That's I, it. I mean, uh, I don't think they need to add anybody now. You know, the the GM might all of a sudden decide they need to add something, but uh, that's one person I've learned not to uh, correct. Alex Athopoulos has done a a tremendous job with the Braves. He tremendous. has. He has, and um, you know, just like uh, as much as uh, I think all the Braves fans. Uh, enjoyed Freddie Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe that um, you know it'll show that uh, that we that he made the right move as far as getting a younger, talented player mm-hmm. instead of uh, you know giving Freddie the money that he really wanted. So, uh, what you think about that situation in the road? So, do you think Freddie? Because from what I see in the in the passion and the crying and the things that um showed why he was here Friday, that that to me it's it showed a sign of a man that really didn't want to leave here. Oh, I, I there's no doubt about it. I, I I don't think he wanted to leave. Uh, you know, and um it was it was I think the I think his agent, you know, played mm-hmm. hardball mm-hmm. and um you know the Braves didn't want to give him a six-year contract, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I think uh, you know I I think it shocked Freddie when they went ahead and signed Matt Olson, mm-hmm. um, because you know I I believe in his heart he would have took t- took less money to stay mm-hmm. with the Braves, but you know uh, the decision was made, and I think uh, you know obviously. Uh, we've got a younger player that has the potential of of uh, having a good career, local guy, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Freddie's doing well with with Los Angeles, and you know I, I don't I don't think anybody can make a a judgment on if it was good or bad, but, you know, mm-hmm. until two or three years down the road, and we see right. where, where both of their careers go. Correct, correct. Because back to what you're saying about the age, and um, I read some things, and I'm not going to source them out because I don't know how true it is, but I read a few things. It was like um, his wife and, like you said, his agent was pushing him to go to L.A., L.A. for the uh, opportunities and endorsements and things of that that nature. And plus his wife um, wanted to move to L.A., you know, know, son every day. You know, it's just different from being, you know – if you're not in Atlanta on the outskirts of Atlanta for people that's not from here, it's more of a like you say, rural areas, more country living and acres of land, you gotta cut your grass and livestock and things of that nature. So I think his wife was young, she's a young lady, and she wanna live that LA life. So I heard that she had plenty to do with it that she wanted to move to LA and, you know, live that live that high life, you know, and you I mean if you what thirty twenty nine twenty eight with me and your husband got millions and millions of dollars and 
you, I feel like I probably want to stay in L.A. too. You know what I mean? So, you know, you know, I just, that man didn't want to leave, and it hurt me. And I was looking at that video, and you, if you're a true fan of the Braves, it tears you up a little bit, like, damn, like. No doubt about it. I yeah. mean, it, you know, you could really tell uh, everything that he did was heartfelt. And, yeah. uh, you know, um, it, but the bottom line is he got the money that he deserved. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm correct in saying that he, his family, he is from California. Right. And I think his wife is from California, so it was an opportunity to go back home. And uh but you know, after twelve years, you know, uh I think you know I really think he wanted to stay with Atlanta. Me too, and I man. you know, I think that uh I think he the agent was probably more of the blame for what happened. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you you said something about the GM you know he uh, he had an opportunity to to make that trade with Oakland mm-hmm. to get Olson, um, not you know not knowing if Freddie was going to come back or not. So uh, right. you got to give kudos to him for, I guess, pulling the trigger and yeah. and doing something and being I, you know, proactive and you know so uh, uh, and I thought it was neat. You know Freddie got the. Freddie got the hit. Yeah, Freddie got the, Freddie got the hit to tie the game, I believe. Right. But the next inning, Olson got the hit to tie it. Right. So it was back to back, basically back to back. You know, Freddie right, came right. through for L.A. and Olson came through for the Braves, and and uh, you know, but we're not a very good team in extra innings. I don't know exactly. Do you like that extra inning rule? Oh, I, I can't stand it putting a runner on second. Yeah, I mean. I, you know, I mean, you know, uh, I just I just don't like that at all. Um, so, I think the new arbitrate or the new deal, They, I think they canceling next year. Well, I do know they're canceling uh, the, the shift. shift. Yeah. You know, and, um, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I don't like the shift. Um Kind of, you know, baseball has really changed. I guess the only rule that I that I've liked that I hadn't heard anybody complain about is uh, I like the DH rule, and it, you know, that's mm-hmm. so. American League's had it for number number of years, and now it's in mm-hmm. the National League. And you know, I I just I think it's it's good for the game that you don't have that pitcher hitting. Which is basically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you start the game, you know, you, right. you, you know, your your pitcher is going to get at least two two at bats or right. maybe three, and and uh, you know, that's just yeah. almost a given out because they they don't work on that part of the game, you know. They, sure. So uh, you know, you know, MLB want to get their ratings up, so canceling the um, shift going to bring more runs, more base hits, and. Getting the universal DH gonna get more hitters in the box and help to bring more young fans toward the sport. And I like it. I like it a lot. I think. I think the shift. I I'm on the fence about the shift because I think it's all in coaching and analytics and part of the, part of the game. Don't get me wrong. When Olsen and and all our guys and Matt, um, not Matt, uh, Austin Riley come up, they shift and. And he hit it right with the spot would have been a, a single. You'd be like, God, you know, yeah. you, you cuss at the TV like, damn, I mean, hate the shift. But when it works for you, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 great, great, great. You yeah. know, so it's, it's just one of those things. And 
the season going to be much different next year. Trust me. Uh, you know, I believe it is. And, uh, you know, just like talking about Austin Riley, I mean, he hit one up the middle, mm-hmm. uh, went through the pitcher's legs. I mean, the pitcher actually jumped <laughs> up, bounced yeah. right over second base, and it was an easy out because the guy was standing. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I'm old-fashioned, and, I, you know, I just think the game ought to be played basically uh, mm-hmm. like it's always been played. Right. Uh, you know, and uh, I, I, I really don't understand this, um, but back when I was young, Bob Gibson's of the world, if they could go nine innings, mm-hmm. oh, the they pitcher. went nine innings. Right. And you notice the other day, uh, uh, you know, the, the Yankees got no hit. Right. Combined, though. Uh, and – you know, a guy's got a no-hitter after seven innings, and you take him out. And they do that a lot. They really you do. know, they do that a lot. And now it's all about pitch count. You know, I I could just imagine what would happen if the manager went out to the mound after seven innings and told Bob Gibson they were going to take him out. You, a lot of them, Randy Johnson, <laughs> the Nolan Ryans, the Roger Clemens, the uh, like Matt Schwerzer, he was like that when he was in Washington, and um, they used to try to come get him. And he used to be pissed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's all about pitch count, analytics, and all that stuff. And you know, obviously, the game has changed, but uh, um, it's uh, you know, I just I can remember some of the old days and and. Uh, Obviously, the the game the game has changed. No matter if you're talking about the NBA, the you know baseball, you know, uh, I mean, just like what happened in the uh, what was it, Kansas City and uh, Cincinnati game. Yeah. Uh, Who that was fighting this past weekend? Was it them? Uh, but uh, I'm talking about NFL now. Oh, gotcha, what, gotcha. Oh, you're talking about the Super they're Bowl. Gonna change the, I think they're going to change the rule. Gotcha. Uh, because, uh, uh, you know. The oh, the overtime rule with overtime. The, when Buffalo and Kansas City was playing. It, that was it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. I'm here yeah, with you. You know, and I, I totally agree with that new rule change. I really think that, you know, if uh, a great game like that, Mm-hmm. Both teams ought to have an opportunity to get the football, right? So they they've definitely changed that. That's just going to be a playoff overtime rule. Uh, you know, it's not going to be during the regular season, but uh, so you know, obviously, there's been some changes that I like, and then obviously been some changes that right. I wish they hadn't made. But right, right. But anyway, it's a good game. Good I enjoy game. watching. For sure. Uh, speaking of Braves, we had uh, Philadelphia. We got a series with Philadelphia in a weekend series with Cincinnati all the way games. Uh, I'll be tuned in. Then we back home on the fourth. We got St. Louis. We got a ten game homestand with uh, St. Louis, Washington, and the Mets. We got to make one coach if we got time. They're gonna be home for from the fourth to the thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've got a really good friend that has. Four really good seats, and mm-hmm. I've already got them one time uh, for a friend of mine, you know, common friend of mine that uh, went. Right. And uh, but it's amazing over the years, 
it was like uh, I could get them once a week, sometimes more if I wanted to. But right. now the Braves are winning. For sure. You know, and uh, <laughs> and, and those tickets, uh, there's a lot of people wanting those tickets. But, yeah, we'll try to get we'll try to get some tickets during that home stand and, and uh, you know, go have a good time. I went to the Heat game, the, the, all, the day game they had with the um, Giants that day. I took my boys. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. It was a damn show hot, but holy. <laughs> they had a great time though. They complained, but shit, I spent about thirty dollars worth of drinks. It, yeah, it, it was interesting, but yeah, in, in in the stores, but it was worth it. It's all yeah. for the kids. That's but. a great place. That is yeah. a great place. And uh, but um, but anyway, yeah, we'll we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get to get those tickets and um, go see the Braves. That that will be a huge. Uh, you know, a huge ten game homestand. Uh, you know, yeah. we'll have an opportunity to make some, you know, make some progress as far as catching the Mets. So uh, that hopefully we'll get that done for sure. For sure, we're gonna transition over to your beloved Clemson football team. How you feel about them this year? Go Tigers! <laughs> um, Go Dogs! <laughs> it's uh. I think it's going to be an interesting year. Um, obviously, the, they got a quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ is uh, going. You know, uh, I think he understands that he's going to have to step up his game. Uh, got the young gunslinger behind him that's highly rated. Um, so, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, uh, my wife is. She is just a huge fan. She, you know, she just loves Clemson football. So she's already got us tickets for the Georgia Tech game, which will be played uh, in the Dome. Uh, oh, in Mercedes? In Mercedes. I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. And then we've got tickets uh, to go to uh, Notre Dame. So we'll get, you know. We'll get hopefully get to see at least nine out of twelve, mm-hmm. uh, and you know we've uh, but we've already you know my wife uh, she just loves Clemson football. We've we had a you know trip several years ago went to Boston, mm-hmm. and uh, boy you talking about being hot at the Braves game. It might have been the coldest night that I've ever been. I it, it was <laughs> brutally cold when we were up there in Boston, uh, but. Uh, I really believe that uh, you know Clemson's gonna uh, you know get it turned around offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we just uh, we just lost a lot of really good players over the years, and um, I guess uh, it's kind of frustrating. But uh, everybody's talking about Clemson had a down year. We went ten and three, <laughs> and uh, you know I mean. Uh, Georgia whipped us, uh, you know, from the standpoint of uh, we couldn't move the football, but that was uh, you know, you know, we get beat ten to three by the by who wins the national championship, and they scored their touchdown on a pick six. So, uh, you know, that might have been other than Alabama, I guess the Clemson Georgia game that might have been Georgia's yeah best the best team they played other than Alabama, right? But uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, you know, it's it's been exciting. We uh, 
the only year we didn't make the play, uh, we we didn't get to see Clemson, is uh, the year that they won the national championship and the semifinals was in Dallas and the finals was in California and I was still coaching. And uh, I saw the disappointment in my wife's eyes, and that's when I knew I needed to retire. Um, <laughs> so uh, we haven't missed one uh, since then. And, you know, uh, you know, Clemson has an elite program. Georgia has an elite program. You know, oh, Alabama, dogs. Ohio State, I really think that uh, as much as I hate to say this, I think, the, the you know, the coach that went to Southern Cal – Obviously, uh, we'll get the players in there, and I think they'll be back in the hunt. Along with, uh, I think the I think Venables, who you know went to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, he's a tremendous coach, and so I think there's going to be six or eight teams up there at the top. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be hard for Georgia to repeat, but uh, we back to back. You know, uh, you know, you, you know. Uh, <laughs> It's it's going it's going to take a really good team to beat Georgia, but uh, you know it's 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 hard. It'd be hard well, to it, do, but you know the only thing from a Clemson standpoint, uh, you know, versus say Georgia, uh, you know, people talk about um, that the SEC is so much better than the ACC. I don't know, you know, and um, obviously I think the SEC is has has the top conference, no doubt about it. But uh, Georgia's schedule in the East is oh, not. We finna do this. Is 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 is, 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 is not any stronger than Clemson's schedule in the ACC. Okay, <laughs> now you yeah. But uh, yeah, I I think it'll be Georgia and Alabama in the SEC championship. I think Clemson will be back, and um, so uh, Clemson's got. I mean, you know, anything can happen on any given day. But, you know, Clemson's got to, you know, go to Wake Forest, who's got a pretty good program. Yeah, I'll and, speak and, on that. you know, they we got to go. Uh, you, you know, the other away game is, is um, you know, obviously Notre Dame. But, uh, you know, we've got NC State at home. we got Miami at home. So, uh, we got a shot to get back to uh, – where we've been, and um, I mean, it would be it would be exciting to see Georgia and Clemson play in the in the playoffs. That would that would be exciting. It would and, be. Uh, you know, um, my oldest daughter is a is a Georgia season ticket holder. So uh, you know, we uh, you got it going on. We got we got you know, <laughs> but I you know uh, something that. It's kind of amusing to me, and I, I think it will be to the people listening. Is uh, I don't know how many years ago this happened. You can tell me, being a Georgia fan. But whenever Alabama come to Athens, and it was like thirty to nothing mm. at halftime. We don't I, want to talk about. It. Yeah. Well. Anyway, <laughs> my wife gets on the phone during halftime of that game and calls our oldest daughter, and she's mm-hmm. talking to her daughter now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she gets her, you know, voicemail, mm-hmm. and she goes, "Roll Tide." <laughs> and I, I said, "Karen, who who are you talking to?" She said, "Kimberly." I said, "That's your daughter." 
<laughs> and her team is getting beat 30 to nothing, and you're leaving a message on her voicemail roll tight. So, uh, you know. That's against the rules, though. She's a Tiger fan. She can't do that. So, anyway, it's uh, it's uh, – it's it's kind of it's kind of fun and um, you know I, I just I I just wish that uh, um, you know Clemson and Georgia could could play in the playoffs and then uh, what you know we we got a game in the dome in the dome what uh, September fifth right y'all got Georgia Tech no I'm talking about playing Georgia down there in the uh, Chick Fil A I think that's the next season gotcha so you know. Oh, and oh, they play them in 2024. 2024, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So. That sounds exciting. I got a little, something to look forward to. Yeah. So the preseason rankings, I got a few of them up. They got Georgia 1, Alabama 2, Michigan 3, Cincinnati 4, Baylor 5, Ohio State 6, Oklahoma State 7, Notre Dame 8, Michigan State 9, Oklahoma 10, and we got Clemson at 14. And we got Wake Forest at 15, which is in y'all division. Uh, NC State is ranked 20 in your in your division as well. Uh, we got a surprising couple teams to round out 24 and 25, Utah State and San Diego State. Um, we got Arkansas. We got one, two. We got Kentucky. It's two. Ole Miss at 11-3. We got um, – Five SEC schools in the top twenty-five, and three in the ACC. Yeah, that's about the only thing I disagree there is uh, I, I I think Georgia is the number one team in the country. Mm-hmm. I think they should be the number one team in the country until somebody proves differently. Uh, but I I can say this. There is not 13 teams in this country better than Clemson. Okay, you know, then. You know, yeah. Uh, I, when, <laughs> when, it's, when it's all said and done, Clemson will definitely be a top five team. Uh, you know, I kind of see us maybe as, uh, you know, unless we go 12-0, and 0, <laughs> I don't think 11-1 Clemson team will get one of the top four. I think, I think we'll be at the, you know, if we lose a game – we will definitely not make the the final four, the whatever you know, the playoffs. Yeah, playoff. But but anyway, that that's coming from a Clemson perspective, so Yeah, you're a big fan. I can hear it in your voice. But you know you know your stuff though. From when I've talked to you during the season before, uh, you knew your stuff about like you said, the quarterback controversy or the back and forth, the competition and your defense and all your recruits that's coming in, you can you can you can name them for me and I enjoy that about a true fan, and I like I like those type of things that you know what's going on with your program, and, and like you said, you already y'all ready to roll, y'all ready to go, y'all going up to Indiana, Notre Dame, you going to the dome. Them all fun things to do. Period. As a sports fan, in general, to do like just go to these games and have a good time, and I enjoy doing those type of things as well. So, yeah, it, looking forward to it. Me too. Me too. And then go Braves and. Before we get out of here, we're going to uh, wrap this up. Uh, any last things you want to say before we get out of here? No, I've enjoyed the conversation. And, um, uh, you know, obviously sports is a huge part of my life. And um, so, uh, you know, 
enjoyed the uh you know enjoyed the questions and uh been fun yeah this was and i really appreciate you for coming out i reached out to you um about it and uh you said we got to get it together uh because you say you you know we both busy and we all got things going on and we got it together we got together this morning and we put it together. We came through, and uh, I really appreciate it because I reached out to you know several several people. Uh, you know, some gave me excuses. Some, you know, respectfully said no. And you from the jump, you was like, "All right, I'm coming." We just we just got to get it together, and we got it together, and and we put it together. So that's good. You did a good job, I, you know. And uh, um, it's it's fun talking about sports and mm-hmm. and. Uh, Hopefully, uh, the people list, listening uh, kind of uh, in, enjoyed it as well. That's what it's all about. For sure, for sure. Um, this is episode eight of uh, the LK Sport Podcast. Um, click the link in my bio, support, support, support. We're working on the video part of it. I have that coming for the end of the summer. Um, more episodes, more episodes coming. Um I really enjoy doing this, and um, maybe when uh, hopefully me and Coach can get together for one of these old Braves games, I get a couple pictures and gonna put them out there for us. And and uh, I want to thank you for tuning in. I'm grateful for uh, when you, to the people that take the time to listen to my podcast. And y'all have a great evening. And be humble, live humble, and stay humble. Now getting caught meant getting fired, but I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired. I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand. I'd get it one piece at a time, and it wouldn't cost me a dime. You know it's me.